I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm David Asman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, May 17th, 2021. I'm Evan Brown. Nations around the world want a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, but do Israel or Hamas want a ceasefire? We expect the UN to condemn unequivocally the violence coming from Hamas into Israel. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. It's been longer than a week since Hamas militants in the Gaza Strip began bombarding cities and villages alike throughout the state of Israel with rockets, prompting an Israeli response intended to overpower Hamas, which as of today is now labeled a terrorist group by the Organization of American States. That's in contrast to the United Nations, which as recently as 2018 refused to do. We have no expectations from the United Nations. Uh, unfortunately, we heard again the same voices uh, that actually call both sides to to de-escalate, and we do not ex- accept this equation. Danny Danan is the Israeli former ambassador to the United Nations. He's been at those meetings, which have happened in years past, where Israel, he says, is chastised for self-defense. We do not think you can put Hamas, a terrorist organization, uh, in the same place with a. Uh, a strong democracy like Israel, we expect the UN to condemn unequivocally the violence coming from Hamas into Israel, the launching of rockets and missiles into our communities, and that's what they should do. Instead, they were trying to to call both sides to show restraint. That's something we cannot accept. At some point, Israel will want to stop i assume there's going to be a point in time where they say uh the, the israeli government your government will say okay we're at a point now where we can discuss moving forward without having to uh respond to whatever attacks maybe the attacks have stopped and therefore israel is going to choose to to end its response what would that point in time look like what what would have to happen for there to be some calm because this has as you're well aware been going on for a week uh, and that's that's a lot of fighting, especially at this intensity. So I want to take you back to, to the decision of the cabinet about the goals of the operation. The goals were to to target uh, Hamas infrastructure and to restore deterrence. Uh, I think we are doing uh, it. Uh, we can do more. And that's what we are doing now. Uh, and uh, when the time will come and we will decide that uh, we accomplished uh, the goals of the operation, then we can speak about a, a ceasefire, uh, but it will not be Hamas who will actually, uh, the, the one that uh, ignited the cycle, it, w- it will not be the one who will decide when to end it. So c- can you tell me more about that measuring stick? When when would Israel say, okay, we, we have made our point? I mean, what, what is the, other than saying that we have the goals of reaching a, a way to, uh, to neutralize Hamas, but what exactly would that look like? What would... What would those goals be? So, uh, you know, I think, uh, the, as I mentioned, the issue of deterrence is important. You know, I, I think we we want Hamas uh, to feel the, the strength uh, of the IDF and to basically to beg for a ceasefire. Uh, we heard today the UN uh, special envoy to the region uh, calling for a humanitarian ceasefire. Uh, and we have also humanitarian requests. Uh, we have the, the bodies of uh, two soldiers 
and you have two Israeli citizens which are being held uh, in Gaza. Where are you today? Are you in Israel or, or in the United States? I'm in Tel Aviv right now. You're in Tel Aviv right now. So you you have obviously been with your uh, your fellow countrymen and women. Um, maybe you could give a, a good description of what this week has been like for them, because there's you know people can see little clips of video on on social media or maybe something slightly longer on television, but when you speak to someone who's living through this, it's it's the picture can be a bit more. Uh, all-encompassing. So can you can you tell me what it has been like for you, for your neighbors, your family? Yeah, it was very challenging for all of us. Millions of Israelis had to run to seek shelter every night. Uh, you know, some of us, we have shelter in our apartments, so it's easier. You know, personally, I, I had to drag my two daughters and to, and to rush to, to the shelter. Where I live uh, near Tel Aviv, we have a minute and a half, which is relatively a lot of time to get into shelter, but uh, my uh, co- uh, colleagues and family members in the south, in Ashkelon, Ashdod, they have uh, less, in some places, they have 15 seconds to actually enter the shelter. So uh, it happens a few times every night, but still we, we are uh, determined and we are telling the government, you should keep with the operation as much as you need. Uh, we are willing to suffer, to sacrifice, you know, to allow the government to do what has to be done. Hamas and activists have used an excuse that an eviction of a number of Palestinian families from homes a court ruled to be rightly owned by Jews is what prompted Hamas to attack, saying the evictions occurred during the holy month of Ramadan. Jews today are celebrating Shavuot when Moses received the Ten Commandments, according to faith, 3,300 years ago. Dr. Howard Stouffer is a professor at the University of New Haven, but his resume includes extensive work at the U.S. State Department and at the United Nations Security Council. He knows that the conflict between Hamas militants in Gaza and the state of Israel involves much more than just this one sovereign state and this one terrorist group. How is... Iran factoring in now because these missiles had to come from somewhere or at least the resources to build them have had to come somewhere. The technology had to come from somewhere. Uh, and uh, there, if there were no Iran, or at least yeah, I should say Iranian regime, Hamas would, would certainly have uh, some handcuffs on it to a degree, just by I think the nature of things. Um, what what plays into this scenario as well? Is, is Iran somewhat to blame or is Iran hands off here at this case, at this point? No, not at all. No. Iran is um, a a very bad actor in the region. Um, It's part of the Shia Sunni, um, you know, 1400 year uh, battle between Sunnis and Shia uh, Islam um, since the time of the Prophet Muhammad passing away and there was no heir. And uh, Iran has been very active in supporting uh, and getting missiles to Hamas through uh, small ships, carrying them from Syria, carrying them from Lebanon, uh, possibly even, uh, you know, uh, getting them across the Egyptian border um, in the Sinai through tunnels. Uh, but they've been building up, Hamas has been building up this this um, missile force for a very long time, I mean, for years. And there's no doubt that uh, both Lebanon and uh, Syria uh, have significant missiles aimed at Israel should uh, this conflict widen. And it's not in Israel's interest for many, many reasons to see this conflict widen, because we have to also bear in mind that, you know, the Abraham Accords brought about relations between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, um, Morocco, uh, Sudan, and there's possibilities for uh, other states that may... Bahrain, yeah, yeah. 
Bahrain, I'm sorry, yeah, I left out Bahrain. <laughs> yeah, important. It's very important. Yeah. And um, and so um, Israel could lose this momentum if um, if they continue to hammer uh, Hamas. They do not need to t- the the leadership in Hamas um, need to be convinced that it's time to stop their onslaught. Um, and and of course their acts are criminal because they are firing missiles into highly um, civilian, densely populated civilian areas. And of course, the International Criminal Court is watching all of this. And of course, they're ready to blame Israel for anything, but they have to look and see that the, uh, the Gazans' uh, leadership is allowing these missiles to be fired into highly populated areas of Israel. And of course, Israel, when it attacks sites in Gaza, there are civilians getting killed. Over 100, I believe, are already dead. And that's because Hamas has had this policy of storing missiles in, in very sensitive areas where you can't get at them unless you blow up a mosque or a school or a hospital or something of, of, of that sort. And not only is Iran helping to exacerbate this situation and delighted to see that Israel is now have its back against the wall, um, but I think social media, they have been active in social media together with Hamas, together with Lebanon, together with Syria and other actors uh, and social media has been rife in Israel. I mean, the re- Israel region, the Middle East region, rife with false stories, old YouTube pictures showing funerals that would, took place 10 years ago or people getting hurt in attacks that took place years ago. And this is exacerbating the populations in Gaza and in Israel. And so um, what can a country like Israel do? Can it, can it take the step that China does and block uh, for a while, at least, social media. Block all social media so social media can't be um, a factor um, in, in inspiring, and I use that word with quotation marks, um, the kind of military action on both sides that are getting people killed. Uh, what does Israel do? In that? You, you mentioned the idea of blocking social media, but I think it has to go beyond that. What does, what does Israel do to have to counter that narrative? Because uh, they often do win, or they often do lose the narrative war, uh, in, in, at least in, in my views. No, you're absolutely right. I think over the years, um, I mean, I was serving at the U.S. Embassy in Israel in the 90s, um, but I think even well before that and certainly well after that, Israel has fallen down on the job of being able to manage the uh, the public affairs side of, of events. And um, what's more important, of course, is always the military side, um, you know, and uh, and that public opinion is a, is a secondary issue. But it's a primary issue now, especially with social media able to spread lies and misinformation and uh, misunderstanding uh, among such large populations. I mean, you are talking about, you know, millions of people being able to see the wrong information coming out from, uh, you know, Hamas, from Iran, from Syria, from Lebanon or other countries uh, who are supportive of of Iran. And I think that's going to be hurting the Israelis. You've been listening to former U.N. Ambassador Danny Danon of the State of Israel and University of New Haven Professor Dr. Howard Stouffer on the Fox News Rundown. We'll be right back. Regardless, fighting continues. Hamas continues to lob rockets. Israel is now targeting top leaders from Hamas and also Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Even the most casual observer would now ask someone like Danny Danon, the former ambassador, if peace is possible, what, what do you think the prospects could be for a, a future time of actual peace? Because when you're in the thick of, of these things here, and we've been through them before, um, it doesn't ever look like it's possible. But yet I know the, the state of Israel still desires a form of peace. Exactly what that peace looks like is still up in the air. But 
you know, when when you're in the middle of this, and and this this at least from my own recollection has been perhaps the worst of fighting I've seen probably in ten fifteen years. What are those prospects? Because so, I think every Israeli you know, we, every Israeli wants peace, right? I mean that that's I think a, a foregone conclusion here. Absolutely, and we pray for peace three times a day. And only a few months ago, we proved that we can sign agreements with more countries, and we are eager uh, to widen the the circle of, of peace around us. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to Hamas, they, they, they are not uh, an actor that actually wants to negotiate or to have peace. Their whole soul is to terrorize Israel, to pro- promote their radical views, radical ideas. And I want to uh, remind you and the audience that uh, back uh, in 2001, uh, when Al-Qaeda attacked uh, the Twin Towers and other uh, targets in the U.S., Hamas was the only organization in the world to applaud and, and to support the vicious attack in New York City. So we, we are dealing with uh, an organization that uh, cherishes death while we are cherishing uh, peace and life. Great. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.